Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seeky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 35, on this Overreaction Monday. Um, and do we have a lot of NBA to talk about once again, um, as well as some NFL questions that are pretty interesting. So without further ado, let's dive on in. And we begin today's episode with the Los Angeles Lakers once again. I mean, when, when do we not talk about the Lakers at this point? Anthony Davis had a big bounce back win, um, leading the way with 42 points, guys. So he had a monster game. And honestly, I think he showed the league what he's capable of um, when he's healthy. Because I, I think a lot of people forgot how good Anthony Davis truly was. Um, and he showed it in the playoffs last year. And I know people want to see the bubble and, and this and that. But he was really... I mean, you could argue he was the best player on the Lakers last year in the bubble. And I know many people would disagree, but he was the most dominant player. Got to the free throw line. How many times did we see him go to the line last year? He shot like 14 shots. It felt like every single playoff game. He was imposing his will on Nikola Jokic and other big men in the NBA. So it poses the question, when healthy, is he better than Joel Embiid? Is he better than Nikola Jokic? Because honestly, I think in the playoffs, it's a really good debate. And I'm not saying he, he is better, but he's the most athletic of the three. And, you know, he can play the four, he can play the five. Where compared to Jokic and Embiid, they can only play the five, really. But Anthony Davis can play the four or five. And honestly, he's just much more versatile um, overall as a player. So I, I, it's close, but I, I want to get your, your th- uh, thoughts on this. I think that uh, maybe not last year, but the year before, and we were considering, well, not this year, I mean, uh, Anthony Davis kind of struggled in the first half. He never really got himself situated, and then he got hurt. But last year, like you said, I think he was definitely the best player on the Lakers. And you saw him handle it to Jokic in the playoffs. I thought he was a top five player in the league last year. This year, I wouldn't say so. I'd, I'd argue he's probably not even top 10 because he's been hurt. Never really got him, uh, his feet wet, like I said. But, yeah, he looked really good yesterday. He looked back to reality. And the Lakers are going to need him to continue that, uh, continue to play that way in the playoffs if they want to beat the likes of uh, bigs like Jokic. But I, I think that – like you said, we saw last year in the bubble. I think he'll play guys like Jokic, Gobert, those guys right off the floor in the playoffs, 100%. We've seen it time and time again. What happens to fives like that in the playoffs? They get played right off the floor, and Anthony Davis is the exact guy that will do that to them. Yeah, I mean, the question being posed here is, is he the best big in the NBA when healthy? And I think the issue is he's never healthy. Can't be the best big if you're never healthy. You know, the same questions MVP. have been posed about Joel Embiid. You know, can he stay healthy? So, I mean, as of right now, Jokic is the best big in the NBA, and he will continue to be. You know, you want to talk about his playoff dominance, but none of, none of these guys have the luxury of playing with LeBron James. I mean, put LeBron on the Nuggets, and well, I bet Jokic to, would look to, a whole lot to better. Be, to be fair, he did have an incredible series versus the Blazers and, and Damian Lillard and company. Oh, yeah, the Blazers, one of the smallest teams in the NBA, though. Well, I mean, nonetheless, it's still a playoff success. And actually, Nikola Jokic, uh, if I'm not correct, did they not lose to the Blazers Um I'm sorry, did they not lose to the Blazers? They did lose to the Blazers. So I think that argument's completely invalid. What, in the playoffs? Yes, they lost to the Blazers. Remember 2019? Semifinals? Oh, 2019. Okay, that's they that's lost. not prime Jokic, though. We're, yeah, prime Jokic, it, it was literally two years ago. How is that not prime? I mean, it's close to... improved drastically over the last two seasons. Oh, I mean, okay. Well, same could be said for AD. I mean, who says he... I mean, not, not really. His numbers have just completely regressed. I think well, AD's no, gotten no, worse. No, but at, last year for the Lakers, he was better. Last year, last year, yeah, was and then he, he regressed this year. Far. He averaged 26 he's... points per game in the regular season in the playoffs, near 30 points per game. He was, oh, yeah, but Jokic was question to ask after one good regular season game versus the Suns in the middle of his worst regular season of his career. Well, I know. So, the but I, I don't hold too much weight about this regular season, if I'm being honest with you guys. I don't. 
do you guys hold a lot of weight to this regular season in this, you know, these crazy times? I, I honestly don't care how he's playing this regular season because I know when it matters most, I know one team who does not want to play the, the Lakers, and that's the Phoenix Suns. That team looks scared out there versus Anthony Davis. They don't have the size to match. DeAndre Aiden is no match for AD. And let me tell you something. The Phoenix Suns will lose in five or six games to the Lakers in the playoffs. They They'll will. probably lose in four if we're being They're realistic. Scared. None of these young teams want to run into the Lakers. The only team that stands a chance in the West is the Clippers, if we're being so honest. If, if we know that Anthony Davis is this kind of player where he can just completely dominate and impose his will in a playoff series, you don't you really think that this regular season matters to him? He doesn't case playing Call of Duty. He he what happened in GTA 6? He like killed Steph Curry in GTA. Like he doesn't care about the regular season, guys. Let's be honest. They don't care yeah, about nobody it. Nobody does. No, no nobody talk about another team right now who doesn't care about the regular season. Talk about the Miami Heat. Uh Guys, do you think they're a legitimate threat to the East powerhouses, the 76ers, the Nets, the Bucks? Uh, they're currently 37 and 31 and sixth in the East. They're on a place to play the Bucks in the first round, and they beat them in last year in five. To be honest with you, I think that they'll they'll wipe the floor with the Bucks again come playoff time. No, I've been saying this on record multiple podcasts. You guys just tremendously overrate them. You tremendously overrate them. Oh, heat. we'll see graphics. They're the most – they're potentially – I mean, as far as I can remember, the worst team to make the NBA Finals. Um, they like there was a game in the NBA Finals where they started Myers Leonard, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Jimmy Butler. Like th- that's without a doubt the worst starting five in NBA Finals history. You know they got hot and they made a run in an unorthodox time, which isn't unexpected. Like we figured something weird would happen in the bubble, and it did. And you know they haven't they just haven't clicked this regular season. They're just not that good of a basketball team. They're they're a middle of the road team in the Eastern Conference. Would they even like they'd be fighting for a playoff spot in the West right now? Well, look, I you can flip the you can flip it to the other side. I would say that the Miami Heat last year were not a fluke team. This was the number two seed in the East before, you know, the crazy pandemic happened. Like they were the number two seed for the longest time, all the way up until like February last year in the Eastern Conference. And then and then all of a sudden, like they kind of went to like four or five at the end of the regular season. Then they played the playoffs. They beat the Pacers in four games. They beat the Bucks in five games and posed their one Giannis. Jimmy, or Giannis said he was scared to guard Jimmy Butler, the defensive player of the year, by the way. And then they beat the Celtics with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker. Another overrated team. And let me tell you something. You know why I don't think this Heat team's a fluke? Because we have to think about it this way. They had no offseason, guys. They had no. They had a two-month offseason. Just like the Lakers, same thing. So if you want to say that last season was a fluke, this season is a fluke. If anything, they had no offseason at all. You know, they've had a lot of COVID issues with Bam Adebayo. I think Bam Adebayo had COVID, or maybe it was Tyler Hero. Somebody had – Jimmy Butler had COVID, I think. I know I mean, that. So – Butler and Ben haven't they, been healthy. Yet they either. have COVID. They're they have injuries. They've been. This has not been the heat that we know. This is. This is. This. You cannot take this regular season seriously when they've had COVID injuries in the off season. They had. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy and Bam haven't even been healthy. This is their first. You know, they're really just starting to get their feet wet. Like I said about Anthony Davis. So we'll see. And look what look what Bam did to Giannis last year in the fucking playoffs. He made him his little bitch. He'll do the same thing again. <laughs> Giannis is an overrated playoff choker. They're going to lose in five games again. I don't care. I don't care. Oh, Giannis will make shots now. No, we won't. We all know what's going to happen. No. Jimmy stop. Butler's no, going to go off. They, they have Drew Holiday now to make shots. And oh, Drew Holiday. Yeah, he's no, not, grass, not grass, clutch. Grass. 
Yeah, Listen, you're right. One of the teams that was killed the most by the bubble was the Bucks. They went in. They went in as the one seed in the East, and what they go like two and six in the the eight games before the playoffs, and they just were never the same team. You know, yeah, they also the, the Magic. Whose fault they, was they, that? They, they the really, Lakers also went two and three and three and five in the bubble in the regular season. The Lakers, but LeBron didn't play in most of those games. You know, like the Bucks just couldn't figure things out, and you know, oh, you I, know the, they couldn't. But that whose fault is that? that but theirs. Well, no, I mean we saw the same thing with the Clippers. They just never figured things out in the bubble either. Some teams just no, didn't but the Clippers no. The Clippers were rolling in the regular season in the bubble. The problem with the Clippers is that they just can't win playoff games. Remember, they were, you know, talking all that shit to Damian Lillard, Patrick Beverly, Paul George. They're all getting hype. Oh, but we run the West, this and that. And look what happens. Damian Lillard stole the spotlight of the bubble while, you know, yeah, PG 13%. Yeah, Kawhi hitting the side of the barn in game seven in the, in the 2019 oh. or 2020 semi uh, West, West semis. So look, the Bucks. you brought up a great point. Drew Holiday is a difference maker, and I, I agree with that 100%. But the Heat, man, we're, we're sleeping on the Heat. If you want to call this— Are we sleeping on the Heat? You guys have them making the this, finals, potentially. I don't have them making the finals. I don't. Oh, I think, I think the they're— Anyone could beat the Bucs. I think they're the second-best team in the East when healthy. I, I, I agree. I think they're better than the Bucks and Sixers. I don't think they're better than the Nets. The Nets will, will wash them. I think that the Sixers— Simmons cannot be the point guard on a championship team. We've seen it. Jimmy Butler had to take over the duties as a ball handler because they were getting killed in the playoffs versus the Toronto Raptors. So they had to hand it over to Jimmy Butler. Now, the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, we have Giannis, guys. Come, How many times we have to see a guy who cannot shoot the ball struggle in the playoffs and then wonder why that is? They struggle because they can't shoot. Playoffs is all about isolation and perimeter shooting. And if you can't do that, you're not going to be good. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the same story written all over again. It's the same story written all over again. The exact same shit's going to happen. We all know how Giannis is in the playoffs. He's the regular season MVP for a reason. We know what happens in the playoffs. And the same thing with the Clippers. You touched on it earlier. Kawhi and Paul George don't work well together. They just don't. Anytime they play together, they, they don't play well. Kawhi's always not playing with his load management. PG always gets these flu. Well, no, the, I think the Clippers like, are they having don't a work well together. Kawhi's got to leave this summer. The Clippers are having a fantastic regular season, but. I, I no, I don't. Kawhi's not my issue with the Clippers. That's not my issue. They don't Kawhi's, work. Kawhi and PG don't work well together. But Kawhi's been perfectly, and Kawhi's proven to be the number one option on championships. Kawhi's not the issue. The problem is that they're relying on Paul George to be a second star, and I just don't see it. I just don't see. It. I don't see the hype of him being better than Jimmy Butler. Him being better than Kyrie Irving. He's not better than Kyrie. He's not better than Jimmy. He's not better than Jason Tatum. Where is all this talk coming from? Because let me tell you something, Jason Tatum as a rookie, made the conference finals. He made the conference finals like three or four years. And he's proven to have success at the playoffs every single year. Kyrie, he, the biggest shot in NBA history, for crying out loud. And then we look at, you know, Jimmy Butler, a finals, a, a best player on a finals team. When is Paul George, Paul George, the past seven years, ever since his little son in Indiana where he had Roy Hibbert, all the guys around him, ever since then, he's been a ghost in the playoffs. Yeah, he doesn't pair well with fucking Kawhi either. They don't pair well together. It it's not going to work. You know the pairing is a is a it, it is is underperformed massively. The pairing is it just doesn't work. But and, and, and it's part of the fact that Kawhi doesn't play. He doesn't play. And they, and really, they, 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 they haven't gained any real chemistry yet. Even I feel like still like they 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 say they're gaining chemistry, but they've only played like they even the, played like half the games they played this. Like, they played forty games together this season. And they play the, the guys load games. manage. The guys load manage. His last injury was three years ago. Why? Why are you load managing? What is wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with you. Play. Well, look. 
I think, do you have a problem? So I'll ask you this. Do you have a problem more with the load managing a Kawhi or the Paul George playoff struggles? Because I have a problem more with the, pl- the Paul George playoff struggles, if I'm being Well, honest. yeah, come playoff time, yeah. But that, I don't think Kawhi, Kawhi's don't think load Kawhi's managing is affecting the playoff struggles because they need chemistry possibly, together. Possibly. Yeah, I, I actually do agree. It with certainly you, plays a factor. But yeah, all right. So, I mean, I don't want to talk too more about the Miami Heat because, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. But the bubble, I don't think we can – like the bubble in this season – which bigger one is a fluke, if you ask me? I think this season might be the bigger fluke than the bubble was. The bubble, they had off-season leading up to it. They had a four-month – they were all fresh, all rested. Now people are not rested anymore, and the COVID protocols have been absolutely insane. No COVID issues in the bubble. No one had to go in isolation for 14 days. No one – it was none of this. This well, season no, is way more of a fluke. They were just tied down. They couldn't, like, leave their rooms. They couldn't, like – Well, I get that. But, no, is it, is it, on the road, though, J.J. Reddy actually alluded to this – it's the same thing on the road. When they go on the road, they cannot leave their rooms. So, I mean, those mental struggles, I think they have to deal with that too. Well, like at least they can see their family season. and stuff when they're at home. You know, I think that was like a big factor. They couldn't really they definitely, but I'm talking about so they couldn't see anybody. I do think the COVID protocols have been a big issue though, right? Because I mean the Miami Heat yeah, have been a sure. team that's been hit by COVID protocols a ton. And obviously they didn't have to deal with that last year when there was zero COVID cases in the bubble. So I, I mm-hmm. think it's tough. I think this season is more of a fluke, though. If I'm if I'm just you know comparing the two. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Russell Westbrook tied the Oscar Robertson triple double record, 181 career triple doubles. For being realistic, he'll probably break it tonight versus Atlanta, if not sometime later this week. Oh, definitely, he'll break it tonight. Um, I mean, Fair Russell Westbrook has just been ridiculous. I don't know if you guys caught the ending of the game on Saturday, but he hit the two free throws with like just under two seconds left to take the lead, and then he blocked the game winner by. I think it was Holiday that was taking the shot, but either way, it was just a ridiculous performance. He's just been putting the team on his back alongside Bradley Beal, and now they're actually in ninth place in the East. They might play themselves up to eighth place, which is a a big deal for the playing tournament. So, what do we think it about is. Russell Westbrook? Well, I mean, I cannot say enough good about Russell Westbrook, and as a person who's been very you know critical of him, I look. I still don't think. I mean, let's be honest. They're the tenth seed in the East for a reason, and I don't think that you know, this season should save his legacy about like his, you know, is he a winner? I will say this though. He's a, he, I mean, the stat padding narrative, I, I believe is false. I mean, I just posted an inch, like they're, they have a 75% win percentage with him recording a triple double compared to a 55 when he doesn't. So clearly they're better off when he doesn't record a triple double. That's a fact. I mean, it's, you can't argue that. Mm-hmm. So it's, he's not a stat padder, but is he still, is his play style still like winning method in the playoffs i mean i don't know if we could really say that with confidence i i still don't think i think i would still even know but that's not to take away from what he's had this regular season has been phenomenal with the wizards um and especially as of late they're like 13 and 4 in the last 17 games and since daniel gaffer got there they've been phenomenal so could they cause some some you know start can they stir a pot in the playoffs potentially maybe win two games um you know who knows maybe but I think they're nothing more than a, just a fun story in the playing game, and then that's it. Yeah, it's a shame though because if Russ was really healthy, like he uh, yeah, he's sitting playing with like a torn hamstring, and Beal didn't have that little stretch where he was out. If they were really healthy, they could have played themselves all the way up to maybe a four or five. Yeah, season. four. I think four. The next they could have they, they could have so, potentially yeah. won a round in the playoffs, which really sucks. But the problem with the Wizards is just they don't really have the right role players around Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I feel like. Uh, you just need as much spacing as possible around those guys. They need a big that can run, pick, and roll well with them. They don't really have that. Well, Gafford's been phenomenal in that in that kind of role. 
Yeah, Gafford's yeah. been solid, but they like they they really just have a terrible supporting cast. Davis Bertans has been a great player us. for them this season. Outside of Bertans, outside of Gafford, Westbrook, and Beal, they've been awful, though. I agree. Yeah. And, and they, I guess for Hachimura, too. They don't have, like, actual players. That's I mean, why. Look at, it, look at some of their rotation guys. Like, they have Garrison Matthews playing, like, crunch time. Yeah, no, he's like, so bad. Garrison Matthews might be the worst player in the NBA. You know, the worst like, role, the rotation player. And, like, they're starting Raul Neto, like, alongside, like, Russ at, like, the guard position and, like, like Robin Lopez is giving them heavy minutes off the bench. It's yeah, just like they, they just don't have players. They don't yeah. have players. Robin Lopez should not be getting admitted to the NBA. Like no. you look at a team like the Hawks are pretty deep. The Knicks rotation guys, they can yeah, actually the Hawks play. have like the best bench in the league. Right the Hawks now. are the deepest team. The Hawks and Memphis Grizzlies are the deepest teams in the NBA. I think the Clippers might be up there. They I mean, got the Clippers are definitely up because they have Boogie as their third string center. I mean, that's un- mm-hmm. unreal, but I mean, yeah. All right. Well, um, we got, I, I guess a little interesting storyline here. I mean, the Lakers. I mean, we've been talking about them for what? Like, I mean, it feels like every NBA topic at this time of year has been about the Lakers. And I, I guess I want to actually ask this question too when I when I um, talk about LeBron and his uh, health status because obviously he's been out. He, he suffered a little setback um, with the high ankle sprain. He's been out for the past couple of games, but he is a plan to return against my New York Knicks on, on Tuesday night, which is just fantastic. We get to, we, we get welcome on our final game in the West coast road trip, um, potentially trying to get another win in the state center after a huge win last night versus the Clippers. And, and we just, you know, have LeBron welcome, welcome back to our face. We have LeBron and AD, the defending champs. Obviously that's probably going to be a loss um, for our Knicks, but I mean, it is good to see LeBron back healthy. The Lakers are the seventh spot in the Western conference. I right know a game back of the Portland trailblazers, but it is important to note that the Blazers do have the tiebreaker because of what they did on Friday night. They beat the Lakers um, with without LeBron. You know, I, I can mention that. But right now, there's four games left for I think the Blazers and the Lakers. So the uh, let, let's the odds the Lakers do end up as a sixth spot. It is extremely unlikely. I mean, the the Blazers do have a tough schedule coming up. They do play the Jazz, the Nuggets, and the Suns, which could I mean that's a daunting three game schedule. But Donovan Mitchell's out for the Jazz. And obviously, no Jamal Murray for the, the Nuggets. And then, you know, who knows what the resting will look like for those teams? Do they rest players? So, we'll have to see. But right now, the Lakers are in the playing game. And Asis, can they win? Who are you taking? The West? Or who are you taking the West? The field or the Lakers in the West? Probably the probably the Lakers right I mean that's a tough question yeah I just think that we all kind of like it's the same thing with the Bucks in the East to me it's like the same story and we're going to try and convince ourselves um that the Clippers will make the finals and we'll try and convince ourselves that the Bucks will not perform the same way in the playoffs years and like like past years I just think that you know these teams we know them now you know we kind of saw it last year you know the same playoff teams we see them year in and year out now we know we know the story and if we bet against the Lakers, we're wrong and we're stupid for doing that. So let's just say that the Lakers will win. And if they don't, it'll surprise everyone. So we'll look like we're right either way. So I think I think Fair. Fair. I think we'd be crazy not to say that the Lakers wouldn't make it. I mean, LeBron's not gonna be hundred percent. But if Anthony Davis plays the way he's been playing, Schroeder has a third option is better than anyone they had last year. So who knows? But they, they don't have Rondo though, and I really do think that Rondo had a huge impact on their some of their um games last year, but I, I do think the Clippers are much more improved from last year, but I'm, I just can't, you know, like convince myself they're going to win until I see Paul George, like convincingly put together some consistent games in the playoffs. Yeah, that's I, not going to happen. It's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't happen, then they're screwed, but if he can just play, okay, I think their bench is much better. I think Serge Ibaka in the starting lineups are like a big upgrade. Um, but you know, until they, 
until Paul George turns things around, I have to go with the Lakers. Yeah, so let's run through the West real quick. Right now in the West, we have the Jazz, the one seed. And I want to kind of – let's just talk, kind of talk about each team. So the Jazz – or how are we feeling about the Jazz? Is the one seed currently in the West? Are they better than the Lakers? Will they challenge the Lakers in the They're, the, they're the third best team. They're they the best probably team won't. The, the Jazz probably won't challenge anyone, let's be honest. Gobert, I think the Suns might be better than the Jazz. But the Suns, the Suns kind of run into the same issue where the size – Jay Crowder's their power forward. Like, Jay Crowder plays power forward on – and if he's matched up with AD or LeBron, like, that's just a complete mismatch. I mean, he's, he's not going to battle with LeBron in the playoffs. We, I mean, we saw what the Celtics and the Cavs, he just hasn't, he's no match for LeBron. You don't the Jazz start Royce O'Neal at power forward? I'm talking about the Suns. Yeah, I know, but we were talking about, we saw, I said, I said, I think the Suns are better than the Jazz, but the Jazz. No, I'm, so I'm talking about the Suns in that they start Jay Crowder at power forward. So yeah. they're, they're matching up LeBron with Jay Crowder if the Lakers run, uh, you know, small, and then you know, AD with. DeAndre Ayton, who's, I mean, we saw last night, no match for AD. I don't think the Suns, I think the Suns are less of a threat than the Jazz to the Lakers specifically. The The Jazz are a bigger threat to the Lakers than the Suns are. Just because they have Gobert, they have, like, I think they have some better defenders. I, I definitely the, agree with that. And I think, I mean, Ingles has been playing so well recently. And I think just Donovan Mitchell, he'll be back. He'll be well-rested. I think they, they have the slight edge. And, you know, they have, like, some veteran experience in Mike Conley. And they've been in the playoffs the last few years. Outside of Chris Paul, the Suns team really has no experience. So, and I think yeah. the Jazz are deeper too. I don't really like the Suns bench. Like Cameron Payne's. Yeah, Cameron Payne. They're, they're giving him. Too, they're relying on him to you know put mm-hmm. ten point, twelve points a night. Yeah. And the, the Clippers, we got the number three spot. I'm not a fan of them either. I mean, I, I saw. The, I watched the whole game like yesterday. They had. They were fully healthy. In, they play worse they, when they're fully healthy. I swear, it's the it's, weirdest. It, thing. They don't pair well together. They just don't pay, they don't they, play good they, together. See, like they rely on Kawhi. To, they rely on Kawhi too much. I feel like when he has a poor shooting night, they they're screwed. Well, and they lose. was nine of twenty six or something. It yeah, was he really, shot nine. Of, he was brutal last night. Versus, yeah, he was brutal. And then Paul George. I mean, he didn't stretchers. help. He didn't help the case of the Clippers either. He shot eight of twenty versus the Knicks mm-hmm. last night. So, I mean, I don't it's, have much confidence cool. in them either. It's the same story. It's the same. That's and then the Nuggets, if, the Nuggets, I think actually have a decent shot if they had Jamal Murray, but they don't see. So then I don't really throw them in the mix. I can't take them seriously to the Nuggets and the, the Mavericks. I mean, KP, well, really quickly with the Nuggets. I feel like they're another team. They've been playing better without Jamal Murray. It's almost like Jokic has had more of an impact on the games. The ball's in his hand even more. Well, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but they stand no chance versus the Lakers if we're being realistic. No way. Not even close. Yeah, and then the Mavericks. I mean, they have Luka Doncic. I've been playing better as of late. They've won, I believe, four games in a row. So they're playing hot, the Mavericks. Um, they have a chance maybe, but KP, I mean, like I said, like is he going to be relied upon to be the second option on a, on a team that beats the Lakers? I, I don't think so. I don't think he'll match up versus AD at all. And then we got the Blazers. I mean, they're they're so small. They, they, they're they a horrible defensive team. They're terrible. Team. They're terrible. So they're Portland's not really serious. And then we get to Golden State. I mean, the West – there's a lot of team, like there's a each team as a flaw. I think the Clippers are probably the most well-rounded team, but I still cannot trust that, team that team that has a chance. The East it's has the better powerhouse teams than the West. The Clippers are the only team that actually has a legitimate shot to beat the Lakers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I and I think like LeBron, I think that the rivalry, like they take that person. I don't think LeBron and AD lose to the Clippers. I don't think they do. No way. No way. I don't think they do. No, no way. See, if and they then, even play them because the Clippers to me, I wouldn't even be surprised if they lost to a team like the Jazz or the Suns, to be honest with you guys. Yeah, right I now they play the Blazers I in the really, first really round. Think that they're overrated. I mean, it would be it would be interesting to see. I think the Clippers match up well versus the Blazers, though. 
because the Blazers have struggled guarding wings all year long and Kawhi and PG. Up well versus all these teams. They're by far the second best team in the West. These teams, these teams don't stand a chance, especially the Blazers. Come on, the Blazers. Well, come on. I, no, I, I, think, I, I think hot take, hot take. I think the Jazz beat the Clippers. No way. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. The Jazz match up well against a lot of these teams. They don't match up well versus Phoenix, though. The, the Phoenix Suns will beat the Jazz. They don't match up well versus the, the Suns. Those teams won't play each other. The yeah, one and that's two. one and two. They yeah. But I think the Jazz match up really well versus the Clippers. And I think I could easily see them beating the Clippers in a seven-game Well, Jazz – are the Jazz the They're one, the one seed? And then the Clippers know, are the man. three. So yeah, it would be conference finals again. It, would, it would, wouldn't be to the conference finals. Either way, like I, I just think Ibaka has been such a great addition for the Clippers when he's played just so much better than Zubak, every aspect of the game. And he can pull Gobert out from the paint. And then that really just changes the whole dynamic. He's just. But Ibaka's got to get himself healthy. Well, yeah, but he'll be fine come playoff time. He's another one. We'll he'll see. Be I mean, Zubak's fine. I mean, you keep saying about the Clippers, they'll be fine come playoff time. I mean, if oh, anything, I mean, they get uh, first come Ibaka will be fine. I'm just, I think they'll be fine. The only question mark I have is will, pl- will playoff Paul George show up or will he just. In the thing about playoff Paul, like playoff P, I mean, he brought this on himself. I mean, he was the one that said, like, I'm playoff P. Like, he said, have you met playoff P yet? And ever since that playoff P press conference, he's literally had so many bad playoff games. It's, it's like you can't even count how many bad playoff games there are. Since it's like a reality game. for him having a bad game in the playoffs. I, that, not, I don't trust Paul George as the second guy. I don't. I, I'm, I, don't. I don't either. I don't either. If if Paul George can just, as I said before, if he could just play consistently, I think they're by far better than the Lakers. They just have they have such a good bench this year. You know, with Rondo and Boogie and Kennard, like they just have so many guys. But it just all comes down to Paul George and if he can be a consistent second option. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about tanking in the NBA. Uh, now that there's a play-in game, there's only 15 teams in each conference, mind you, and 10 really get into the playoffs with the playoff game. So, uh, you know, more teams are incentivized to compete, and with the new lottery odds, tanking is less incentivized. Obviously, we saw it last year with the Knicks. They were the worst team in the league, and they ended up with the – or not last year, the year before. They ended up with the third overall pick. And, you know, the odds change, you know, how your draft pick goes. So is it worth competing – for example, I feel like a team like the Indiana Pacers, somebody who will never really acquire a big market free agent and have a couple of solid guys like Sabonis, Brogdon, Levert. I think they're honestly just better off just trying to compete every single year. Same thing with a team like the Grizzlies, just better off trying to compete and make the playing game, make their fans happy for the time being, rather than being one of the scrubs and bottom houses of the league. Yeah, I don't know. This whole topic is interesting because you would think that teams would be more incentivized to compete and try and make the play on playing game, make things interesting. But I feel like this is one of the worst tanking years we've ever seen. I mean, specifically with the Rockets and Thunder. Ooh, I did. I heavily disagree. I, we're ahead. seeing some of the worst starting lineups in NBA history. I checked my phone the other night. There was a guy named Charlie Brown starting for the Thunder. Okay. But the like, dude, the Knicks are, as a Knicks fan, I respectfully disagree. Well, I we mean, put out, in that 2019, we went 17 and 65. We put out some of the worst lineups. I think we I've ever seen in NBA history. Yeah, I mean, but have you seen the Thunder starting lineup? Yeah, we had Maurice and Dower start a game in 2017. I know, but they, and, they bro, like, SGA, bro, they're Hassan, sitting. Chase on SGA is probably not even hurt. He's just not playing. Well, no, so yeah, exactly. They had guys like Horford and Ariza, and, yeah. and they, they just traded them for nothing. Are you not a Bulls fan? Though? Let me ask you that. Oh, yeah, I'm unfortunately. You, so, but, so the trade for Nikola Vucevic, was that not all about getting to the playing game? Yeah, but the Bulls the aren't. Bulls with, the, the, Bulls without are the, play, the Bulls without the playing game are not trading for Nikola Vucevic. Probably not. But at the time they traded for him, they were like around the eighth seed. They've fallen off a cliff. Yeah, so they, they have fallen off a cliff a bit. But 
I don't think I'm the Bulls. The teams that are tanking are going hard. I mean, like and these... look, the Pelicans and the Kings, they would be probably be tanking if they weren't if they weren't close. And maybe the Kings, but in a regular season, you have to remember. I mean, the Pacers would be out. The Wizards would would basically almost be out. The, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies would probably not have a, a good shot. The San Antonio Spurs, like I think, just having more overall teams makes it so much better because now the 11 spot is a new nine seed. And if you're the 11 seed, 12 seed, you have hope at least that you can push to the playing game um, compared to previous years where you're a 12 seed and you're like, oh, the season's over. I mean, forget about it. So maybe, and maybe not, maybe this year's not the best example of like what the playing game could bring, but what about next year? Maybe next year, for example, the 10 through 13 seeds a lot closer. And then mm-hmm. the 13 seed actually still has a chance to compete. Like, I feel like we've seen the Western Conference over the the, the past couple of years were the Phoenix Suns with Goran Dragic, with Eric Bledsoe, with um, Isaiah Thomas that one year. They won 48 games, and they were the nine seed. That would have been fun to see them compete uh, for a playoff spot. And there's been a lot of years where the Western Conference in general has just been completely loaded, where the 10 seed wins 42 games and they miss the playoffs. It would be excited to see that those teams get an opportunity to play. And then more importantly, tanking. These 12 seeds, these 13 seeds are not just going to, you know, completely just lose games now so maybe not this year's the best example and you know maybe just because how how it's all you know shaped up this year hasn't been the best um but i think it, down the line this is a great idea because mm-hmm. in the new lo- the new lottery odds anyway i mean you can't really just tank anymore for the number one pick yeah i don't think the lottery odds because that's been in place for a few years now yeah, yeah, it has been that, it has been i don't know if that's really like conv- like change teams minds on tanking i think it well, look, I think it's so much harder to tank though successfully now because now well, definitely because if you if you win only 15 games, you could still get like the fifth pick, right? And then yes, you just tanked for nothing. But well, that's because yeah. the Philadelphia 76ers, the year that they won 10 games, they knew they were the number one pick. They had like a 50% chance to land the number one pick. Like mm-hmm. they knew it was theirs. Now, if you're the Rockets, you only have, I believe, a 11% chance of the number one pick. Yeah, and it's only a 48% chance of, like, yeah. top three. And, that, and, that, and they might not keep their pick now because the Thunder have it if it's out to the top four. So mm-hmm. now it just makes it so much more interesting. And I like it a lot more, honestly. Same with the T-Wolves and same with the Bulls, too. That's three teams that don't get their pick if it's not in the top four. And exactly, who knows? That for all we know, the Bulls can still end up getting as the worst team, in, like, as the best team in the lottery. They could be a top four pick. We've seen the Pelicans, they move from the, the number 10 all the way to the number one against Zion. They mm-hmm. had like the ninth best odds the year they got the number one pick. Yeah, and the Grizzlies were in the same boat when and they the got Grizzlies, Morant yeah, that year. Same thing. So yeah. it, it adds a different dynamic. I think Even it's the Lakers. Nice. The Lakers got ended up with the fourth. Yeah, remember? Yeah, that was the year that, you know, they had the, the season with Le- LeBron injury. They get the fourth pick. They use that to trade for Anthony Davis. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I think it's exciting. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's uh, let's change gears here. We're moving on to the NFL now. We got an interesting debate here that I know you two strongly disagree with me on. We're going to be ranking these four wide receivers, uh, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and Calvin Ridley. I'll start off with my rankings before you guys crucify me. So at, oh. at number one, I have Terry McLaurin, then Calvin Ridley, then DK Metcalf, then AJ Brown. Uh, so I just really feel like um, Terry McLaurin specifically didn't have anybody around him. He didn't have anybody throwing to him and he still produced like on the same level as these guys to even make it a debate. And I think if you put him in a situation with the other guys, he could easily be more successful. You know what I mean, though I think about the, I, I think the situations are like so overrated. Like 
you know, not like the surrounding receivers, but like the quarterback thrown to you is overrated. But then okay. you could argue that he he just eats targets because he doesn't have anybody well, that's else. That's fair, there. but specifically with AJ Brown, like his touchdowns, like I just feel like so many of them are like there's just not a lot of attention because Derrick Henry just has such a strong yeah. gravity. Well, you know? look, DeAndre Hopkins with like all those shitty quarterbacks at the Texans, he put up the same numbers he did mm-hmm. with those he's guys. A top two receiver in the league. Yeah. He, so he, but my point is he was putting up the same numbers with those guys that he is with Kyler Murray and DeAndre uh, and Deshaun Watson. So is a quarterback, if like Terry McLaurin were to get Russell Wilson, do his numbers really go that much? I don't no. think so. I think it's overblown how much the numbers, it well, doesn't go. Thing. Dude, DK Metcalf has 1,500 receiving yards and people want to just, you know, make excuses for why it's not impressive. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and McLaurin to me doesn't have the big playability like DK and AJ Brown do. I, I just like he's not the he can't change the game based off one play with his speed or like I, I that's why I would rather have those guys. And I think Ridley, another guy. I mean, sure we saw him play on his own for a little bit, but Ridley's ba- production was really based off Julio Jones being there and now Kyle Pitts. I mean, well, how can I don't, you say that and then not say the same about AJ Brown, though? I mean, yeah, you could argue Derrick Henry, but watch AJ Brown this year is going to be top five in receiving yards. They don't have well, anybody else. Going strictly off numbers, Calvin Ridley had the best year last year. He had the most yards, and I think he had this. He had nine touchdowns. I don't know. Um, I think AJ Brown and Metcalf both had ten, so he's right there. But he had more yards yeah, than both. We're of them. picking a guy. If we're doing a draft, and I have to pick receivers to start my team i'd go aj brown one dk then ridley then terry i, I don't know that that's me i might even put dk over aj brown i think they're both top 10 i'd put ridley and mcclure in top 15 but I, I still i still firmly believe metcalf was put in the best possible situation for him to succeed no i think i think technically it would be calvin ridley because i think having I a, a receiver along you is more important than having the quarterback who's throwing the ball to you like having julio the number one cornerback every game and i, I think that I think that matters more. Banged up so much the last two years. Well, yeah. I mean, but he still played. I think, I mean, he, I still believe he played like nine games this year. It's not like he wasn't on the field at all. And Ridley plays, bro, Ridley plays and played in meaningful, meaningless games. The guy was getting garbage receiving yards at the end of games that didn't matter. They didn't play in any meaningful games. That's true. As a a Matt Ryan fantasy owner, I can 100% vouch for that. Well, that's why you draft him. Look at AJ Brown. Every game that this guy plays in means something. Look at DK Metcalf. He plays in every game. It means even Terry McLaurin. Even Terry McLaurin. But where was DK Metcalf in the second half of the year last year? You know, like this guy disappeared when the games mattered. I mean, the whole Seahawks offense did. Yeah, but isn't he a part of the Seahawks offense? That starts with the quarterback. And the offense. He still still had thirteen hundred yards on the season, though. I don't. I don't know. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley had almost fourteen hundred. Yeah, and half of them were probably in garbage time. At least DK had like real production. Not versus James Bradbury. Well, I will say this, though. So, Calvin Ridley's yards, I feel like they, some of them have to be in the garbage time. I'm, if there was a staff that I oh, wish I'm sure all of them have some garbage because time. Because Matt Ryan, as a quarterback, I, I can confirm he had to be the number one in garbage time last year. He had to. There's, no, Kirk Cousins 20, is up, is up he there. He would get me 25 fantasy points added just at the fourth quarter. He would play so shit for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter, he would give me 25 points extra. It would be, like, ridiculous. Listen. So. Listen, remember, remember versus the Cowboys when Metcalf had a touchdown, but he like stopped walking and then well, like. Yes, we all know that. Calvin I mean, he never did that. Terry McLaurin never did that. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but Tyreek Hill is top five in drops as well as DK Metcalf, and but some of Tyreek Hill's a top two receiver or top three receiver, but people penalize DK for that, but people don't penalize Tyreek Hill for that. I don't think Tyreek Hill is a top. The three drops are so overrated. The drops are so. Overrated. I'll take I'll take DK's drops for all the production that he has. He's easily top ten. I don't think Hill is top three though. So I like 
out. I, I think the drops are. But I don't like the the, the drop stat is so flawed though because they catch the passes. They're Hill's deep the, threats. They, they, yeah. they get the hardest catch. Uh, they get the hardest passes Bro, thrown to them. Hill's, Hill's barely five nine. He's an incredible contested catch rate for somebody who's not even tall. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Hill is the only wide receiver in the NFL that could change the game based off one play. That's why he's easily top three. I could even put him top two. I you could even argue he's the best. I think he's top I two. That. I think he's top two. I think he's number two. I think he's number. I think two. He's better than Hopkins and Devontae Adams. Well, he's better. I, no, I, I, I would argue. I, but. I think you could put you could put Hopkins one. You could put Hopkins one or I don't. I think Devontae Adams is slightly overrated because it was just one. Se- I mean, it's like one high quality season of production, and now all of a sudden people want to put him number one. Yeah, I, I mean, he's always had those top ten seasons, Devontae. But this was his same with Diggs. Diggs Hopkins is no, Hopkins is still the best, though, in my opinion. Hopkins has been consistent for six, five, six years. He's been the best. Hopkins is the best. He's shown it time and time again with different coaches, different quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen it all with him, different teams. What more does he need to show? I yeah, and he's in a shitty sure. system right now with Kingsbury, and he's still performing. Look at his route tree. I mean, he does. He runs like fucking like kindergarten plays. I mean, yeah, it's, and it's he probably joke. has the best hands in the NFL too, easily. But yeah, and then I guess you got Julio's at the top three, four range. I mean, you can't Julio's stop Julio. Banged up. I don't think you can argue him anymore. Well, can you? You can throw him in. The, I feel like you. I mean, dude, look. Other than this season, did he not play like most of the games for? Let me look this up real quick. I'm actually kind of curious because I think a top like, five receiver. Like outside he, of this I, I season, I still have him in the top five. So look, Julio Jones played, um, other than this year where he played just nine games, he played 15 games, 16, 16, 14, 16, 15. Is that not staying healthy? He, he had one year he got hurt. And now oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Coming into this year, he was my number one by far. I mean, so he's, he's still, still number, he's number three that I'm at. I think it's, I think it was Hopkins, Hill, Jones, and then Devonta at four. See, the issue with Julio Jones is like, how old is he now? Like, like is he really going to be able to like be effective for 17 games? At no, a once you get a, a lower I mean, who, body injury so, with a, as a taller receiver. So Julio's going to be, he's going to be 32 next season, Julio Jones. Yeah, and that's like when, that's like when AJ Green kind of fell off the cliff. And Dez too. That's fell but off in his in his nine games this year, he sold almost 800 yards. Mm-hmm. He I was just, still extremely productive. I'm on your side here. I just don't know if he will be able to stay healthy in the future. Julio Jones might be the most underrated receiver in the NFL at this point, but it's just because like he hasn't been injury prone whatsoever. He's, he might be the most underrated receiver in history, honestly. Like, I mean, I dude, like just just go do me a favor and look at his stats. I mean, it's it's a glitch. Like 136 catches at 1900 yards one year. I mean, I come on. And people argue that he's not a top. But like three receiver, it's like ridiculous, honestly. He's top five all time, without a doubt. Oh, I hundred percent. He's he's better all time than Megatron, I think. And I I think that's like the only people I would take over him all time is Rice and Moss. That's it. Yeah, that's fair. And maybe right. AB, maybe AB. AB is a tough case though. He's a tough case. I, I love AB. But it's just like because he didn't. I mean, play those long like six though, right? seasons that he had in a row, it, were they, were, they were dominant. I mean, no Incredible. question. He was good last year too. He was on pace for like a thousand yards if he played all sixteen games. You know? He'll have a thousand yards this year, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he will. Oh, he'll have over a thousand. Because the, the passing people always say, "Oh, three receivers can't get over a thousand. Yes, they can. Yeah. Yes, they can. Oh, I mean, especially on a if team they stay, if they stay healthy again this year, oh, because those guys all couldn't stay healthy. They were barely on the field, all three of them together at once. If they all stay healthy this year, they're easily going for over a thousand each. There's not even a question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, um, we got this NFL commercial conspiracy, which is pretty interesting, actually. Um, I don't I mean, take it for how it is. I mean, take it how you want to take it. Um, so originally, they, they put out a commercial for the schedule release because 
Um, as we all know, we've seen those commercials saying the biggest season ever, and it's like the debut of the schedule, which I believe comes out pretty soon. Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Wednesday so it's Wednesday night, Wednesday. and they've had those commercials promoting this the, the thing on ESPN. And I, originally, they started off with the Rodgers versus um, Holmes one. So they had that those two guys, they're like Packers, Chiefs. Um, and then they switched up to the Ravens and Chiefs with Lamar and Mahomes. Um, so people speculate that possibly Aaron Rodgers could have played his last snap with the Packers and that, you know, the NFL might possibly think that, you know, he will get traded. So it is interesting. Once again, I think it's like those things with the Knicks where they had KD on like their ticket season ticket thing. I mean, it is kind of tough to say it's actually real. I mean, KD was in like the Knicks season ticket thing and it never actually happened. So, I mean, take it for how you want to take it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Rogers is probably going to be gone, right? Like we've all kind of, yeah, we're all understanding that now. But who, like, who cares? Like, uh, who cares about the commercial? Everyone knows it's just buzz. They have to take it off the air because if he does not playing with them, well, you know, what? I mean, it does create buzz because that's why we're talking about it. I mean, it does, and people are talking about it on like television shows. I mean, it does create buzz though, so that's maybe why they also did it too. Yeah, I don't know. Like the second you say conspiracy, I just like roll my eyes. Like really conspiracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they don't want to roll. They don't want to roll the commercial with Rodgers. You, you know what makes me roll my eyes? That John Moran called himself a top five point guard. <laughs> Had That's to, disgusting. Bro. If they asked you, are you a top five podcast? You'd say yes. I'd say well, yes. No, the, We're the, number the, one, baby. But the yeah, thing that, about it is, the thing about it is that I I to say, you can believe it. It's another thing saying it, though. Because you look at guys like, I mean, even, is he a top five point guard for young point guards? Yes, Ben, you can't. What is he supposed to say? No, I'm not a top five point no, guard. But how do you answer that question? You no, have to say yes. I don't think he was. Was he asked? I don't think he was asked he was, if he's a top five point guard. No, they said, what would you rank yourself? So I, I, I would just say like, you know, look, I am I would say I'm the best then. I would say I'm the best then. Don't say you're top five. Say you're the best or say like, you know, I don't know. Just say like, I, well, I respect everyone's he said, That's he, he answered it the right way to me. I don't know. Well, listen, I, maybe I'm nitpicking it too much, but anyway. Is he a top? Is he a top five point guard between the young point guards though? Like there's Luka Doncic, there's Trey Young, there's De'Aaron Fox out there. I mean, there's a lot of young point guards out there who are just absolute studs. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them are also in better situations. I mean, I think Trey Young is just really, really overrated. I think if you had Fox, I think he's better than Ja though. Or Ja in Atlanta, I think they could be putting up almost similar numbers. I just disagree. Trey Young leads the league in box creation, which is pretty much a stat that you know dictates how much offense you generate generate for your team. He's fantastic. You watch him play. Trey Young is anything but overrated. I mean, the guy just when he's on the court, the Hawks' offense is is electrifying. I mean, they might be one of the best offenses in history when he's on the court. I mean, the amount of impact he has on the offensive end is, is phenomenal. He's not overrated at all. I don't. I really don't. He's think not overrated at all. I don't even want to see that anymore. He's also inefficient. He's an inefficient. Well, he's better than John Moran. I'll tell you that much. Okay, so John Moran isn't inefficient. Oh, John Morant's extremely And then is Trey Young have a bigger load on a winning? He's winning games at, at a higher clip than, you know, the Grizzlies are. His team is substantially team, better. I don't think substantial. I think better. I don't think. fucking trash, bro. They use Desmond Bain. The, but also, the Grizzlies are a deep team. The Grizzlies and Hawks are about, like, the two deepest teams in the league. I think it's a pretty comparable roster. Well, the Grizzlies have like Kyle Anderson. And yeah, I, I disagree with that. I think the, I think the Hawks are way. Deeper the Grizzlies have the most players this season, averaging double double figures. How are they? How are they the not the deepest te- or one of the deepest teams in the league? How? How They're are they trash. not? They're good tra- on the Grizzlies. 
You think the Grizzlies are trash? They are trash. Wait, I looked. At, they have the they have the most players in in the league with double and who okay. average double okay. figures. So tell me who's good on the Grizzlies. They don't have one guy right. averaging like twenty five, like Trey Young. Okay, you know? so is that, but it, I said double so, figures. So okay, Desmond so Bain, tell me who's so good. Desmond Bain averages double figures. So Desmond Bain's good though. He's not good. But Frank, it's about deep. It's about deep, Frank. So Frank, you keep saying so. Frank, I'm just not naming the players who average double figures. If you would just shut up. So they have six guys who average eleven points. Cool. Congrats. But Frank, have any second good player. Kyle Anderson averages twelve a game. Dylan Brooks seventeen a game. He's okay. Um, John Moran obviously is nine nineteen a game, and Giannis Valanciunas seventeen. He's a monster. He's having an underrated season. He's actually one of the best big men in the NBA, top ten big. And then off the bench, I have Brandon Clark, who's obviously phenomenal, the rookie or the second year player, ten points a game. And then Jaron Jackson Jr., who's averaging 15 on the season. He's played a limited time. But that's seven players I named you who average double figures. And I don't think I – I think Trey – Ty Jones averaged six, six, six a game. But seven players, that's the most in the league. Yeah, so, but that's I mean, not – like, look at, the, look at the Hawks. They have Gallinari. They have Reddish. They have Herter. They have Capella. They have Collins. Those guys are actual names. These Bucks – these – No, but uh, – so, yo, so uh, Jonas Valanciunas is an actual name. And Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson. And then Dylan Brooks is an actual name. So they have four guys who are actual names. And those are all above 15, 16 per game scores. That's including Morant. The Hawks are 10 times better than the fucking Grizzlies. I I don't know. I don't think I can get behind. Because I think on the Hawks, you have John Collins, who obviously is a bucket. I mean, we know know what he's capable of. Um, You can add Clint. We got Clint for sure. Clint's putting up great numbers this season. You got Clint, John Collins, Trey Young, and Bogdanovich. Gallinari's overrated at this point of his career. He's, He's not better than all those Grizz- Grizzlies guys, pretty much. Close. I I don't I don't know if I would go that far. And I think what about DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish? You wouldn't consider DeAndre Hunter's hurt. He's hurt though. He's hurt. I mean, so he, if he was playing, obviously the Hawks are better. DeAndre Hunter's a stud. He's actually a phenomenal player. But I mean, the Hawks are showing that they're better. They're, the, they're the fifth seed in the East. But so all right. But or, this goes back to the conversation of they. So they the Hawks have thirty-seven wins this year. And the Grizzlies have 34. So if they're in the West, the, Grizz- the, the Hawks, they play more West Coast teams. Yeah. The, the Grizzlies probably have more wins in the East than the Hawks do. I mean, let's just, and they've been hurt too. They, both teams have been hurt. Both teams How have had injuries. More, How many more? I think the Hawks roster is 10 times better. Than well, you have, to, you have to remember that in the East, um, in, in, the, in the West, excuse me, you play these teams two times more than you do in the East. Mm-hmm. So you play all the West teams so much more times. And I think in the, in the East, the Grizzlies have 40 wins. They have 34. They, I mean, three they more. 40. Three more than the Hawks. Um, yeah, I, I, think they're, I think they're a better team in the standings than the Hawks are. But do you think they're a better team overall? The, the Hawks yes. have a better – the Hawks have a better star. They have a better second player, and they have a better bench. Like, what else? You know? Like, I don't – well, I, I think that – I mean – well, I mean, that's to be questioned because how are the Hawks only 37 and 31 in the East? Well, they've dealt with so much better than the Grizzlies. Here, you know, I guess the, the Grizzlies. No, the Grizzlies have dealt with it. I mean, Grizzlies Jaron Jackson Jr. has been out the whole fair. season. I mean, so both teams, these are really comparable teams, but I'm not or saying. Remember, like, remember how bad the Hawks were before they fired their coach? What were they, like 10 and 20 or something? They were Okay, like, but no, so, the, 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 so who's the coach for the Grizzlies? Like Georgia, he's awful. He's terrible. He needs to be fired. Yeah, the Grizzlies coach does suck. He's but. so bad. Kevin Jenkins, or it's, I think it's Kevin Jenkins. Or, he's Taylor so Jenkins. bad. He's, he's so bad. He's so bad. And then, you know, speaking of coaches who need to be fired, the Pacers coach needs to be fired. The an- the analytics guru. I don't even know his name. I literally can't even not name the guy. I, he's like a weird last name. I don't, I can't, it's like 20 letters long. 
but he's awful as well. So the Grizzlies don't have a, a good coach either. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's close. But you guys are acting like the Hawks are way better. I disagree. I don't know about way better. Maybe they'll but meet in the finals. We'll get an answer then. What do you say? About the NBA finals? NBA finals? That, that's where we'll get our answer. What, that the Hawks are Grizzlies are going to be in the finals? Hmm. Oh, come on. You got to... <laughs> I think if you combine rosters, I still don't think they'd make the finals. No, probably not. Well, I mean, that's interesting. See, like, that, that would be interesting. I mean, is Trey Young and John Morant with, like, Clint Capella and, like, nah, Darren Jackson and John Collins? have Kevin Durant and James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. The championship teams, it's tough to make a championship team. I mean, you have to beat the Nets. That's not – I mean, you just they have like, to be the next location that a super team wants to form. Like it's yeah, exactly. So the, see, that's like building through the draft is nonsense. The Grizzlies do not have a bright future. Yeah, they exactly. Not, you don't build through the draft. You just get one star and hope he brings the two Grizzlies other guys. The Grizzlies do not have a bright future. I hate when people say that. They do not. Like it, unless Jaron Jackson Jr. develops to be a second, actual legitimate star, perennial All Star, they will not be a championship contender with John Murray and Jaron Jackson Jr. as a team. Perennial All Star, they still won't be a contender. Yeah, even I think yeah, that's a fair point too. But um. That's going to be it for the Seeky Sports Podcast, season three, episode number 35. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.